0: just go to cars.com It's magical.
1: It's officially the weekend, Dolphin fans, and it feels like forever since your Miami Dolphins have played a meaningful football game. We have lots to discuss on this brand new episode of SB Nation's Insider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show, but before we get into Sunday's AFC East rivalry matchup between the Jets and the Dolphins, or as Coach Mike McDaniel called it, the John and Taylor Embry Bowl, I need to welcome in my co-host, the one, the only, the greatest in the world, Jake Mendel. How's it going today, Jake?
2: Josh, it is finally the weekend, and I hope for a lot of people out there, it's a long weekend. Man, it's been so much doom and gloom, obviously injury issues, but um... People forget the, Dolph- the Dolphins are three and one and actually kind of a good football team. People forget that. I,
1: I admittedly forget it. I mean, it feels like such a bummer since the last time we were on Thursday Night Football. We all know what's transpired. Tua will not be traveling with a team like McDaniel. Um, mentioned that today his press conference but yeah man we are still three and one you know we beat some dang good AFC teams to start the season and um, you know you can look into it however you want but the schedule does get easier and it starts this weekend with what I'm going to call the Teddy Bridgewater revenge game Teddy Two Gloves revenge game either way with the Dolphins Jets so I'm, I'm stoked man I'm stoked the Dolphins are back and again it's an AFC East rivalry matchup that we've all been accustomed to throughout our life.
2: I still just think back. I couldn't stand Rex Ryan. I mean, I don't really stand him now, but man, those you kind of wished he was on
1: your team at the time, though, right? Like you, you, Mm -hmm. if you were a Jets fan, you would you would love him, but from the outsiders, dude, we have yeah, we hated that guy.
2: And uh, those were kind of like the annoying times you know 2009 2010 because the Jets were actually kind of good and you know as someone who was going through high school at the time that was a little frustrating um you know as we skip on Brady Quinn for Ted Ginn, and there's no winner in that scenario so I'm just gonna keep on marching here uh the Dolphins have an all-time record of 57 55 and one against the New York Jets including wins in 10 of the last 12 meetings Josh the Dolphins I mean the Jets have kind of been that joke of a franchise in the AFC East. You know, you got Geno Smith uh, getting his jaw broken by teammates. They're at the bottom. I mean, Robert Sala quotes every week. It seems like people are joking about that. But this Jets team, I don't necessarily know if they're that. Um, I think they're a punching bag. 100% the Jets suck. But I, I don't know if they're like, uh, if there are rocks holding up the bottom of that punching bag or if it's just one of those balloons that you punch it and it just kind of floats
1: Damn, that's a good analogy. I think you're right, man. I mean, it's just funny how the AFC East works, right? You kind of rotate them. So, like, we were, you know, the punching bag there for a little bit while the Jets were in the playoffs, you know. Now it's the Jets' turn. But you're right, man. They got some pieces offensively and defensively, as you saw last week. Um, You know, so I do think um, greener days are on the horizon, I guess, for the New York Jets. But um, I guess it all depends on what Zach Wilson can do. I wanted to ask you, Jake, I think the last time these two teams met it was a 31-24 win for the Dolphins. And that was the game where Tua threw two touchdowns. And didn't he absolutely destroy the that cornerback. I think it was Michael Carter was the cornerback's name. Uh, you know, yep. the Jets have two of those, but he, dude, that hit stick. I still remember making a ludicrous uh, highlight clip from that. And it was just such a great time. But uh, man, I know we talked about before we came on the podcast, but do you have a favorite New York Jets Dolphins memory? I mean, we all remember Ndamukong Suh and Sue uh, and Cameron Wake absolutely depleting Bryce Petty. You know, the fake spike game. I want to tell you, man, I, my dad and I, we went to the Dolphins Jets game when the Dolphins last won the AFC East. And that was Chad Pennington's revenge game. And I remember that game so fondly because we were in my mom's uh, Volkswagen Cabrio and we get to the stadium and I'm talking crap. My dad's talking crap. Thanks for Chad, boys. And he just stalls this thing in front of everyone. Looks like an <laughs> in front of this little girly car. So um, I'll never forget that game because, uh, again, it was the last time the Dolphins won the AFC East. And that was an awesome time, you know, to be able to see Chad Pennington, um, you know, to throw him Brett Favre. I think Jeremiah Bell absolutely destroyed him at the end of that game. So um, do you have a favorite Jets Dolphins memory or are you looking forward to, you know, this Sunday and maybe we'll see one of our new ones? What year was that? I wish I could remember right off the top of my head. Was it 2008? Was that when they last won the AFC East?
2: Yeah, I'm just super conf- I don't know if I'm looking at the wrong thing or not, but I I that's my favorite Jets of memory too. I I think I was looking at the wrong thing where I thought the Dolphins ended up uh, Fasano had when- an
1: awesome catch. Fasano had an awesome catch. I think Gin caught one. It was a
2: it, yeah, it was it was
1: an epic moment. <laughs>
2: I think more than anything, I remember the hit on Favre where it was kind yep. of poetic in a sense. We're like, yeah, get out of here, old man, type of thing. Like, like you know, you're coming over here trying to think you're going to win with the Jets. I don't know. I think I'm just in time, man. Time is a very weird thing. Uh, I think but, he fake retired. Right
1: did he fake retire after that? And then he ended up going to play for Minnesota? Or do I have those mixed up? I forget. I forget the Brett right. Favre timeline. But yeah, man, I think we both can agree that was our last, you know, the fondest memory we've had. And you just hope that, you know, in this Teddy Bridgewater revenge game, as we're going to call it throughout the podcast, um, you know, we can make some new ones.
2: I think above all else, Josh, you know, um, uh, I look at recent years, right. And you look at how Miami played with or without Tua in the lineup, or even mostly with, and, and, you know, Brian Flores, the defensive minded head coach, Josh, it really seemed like, you know, the idea was on offense, don't screw up and the defense will take care of everything else. That kind of seemed like what the tone of was for this Miami Dolphins team for a little while. Um, you know, you try to spin zone it, you know, two, two is young. We don't have the playmakers, but it really did seem like it was a, a defend defend event, keep it safe and win like, like those Colts last night, baby 12 to nine. But I'm very curious to see how this offense looks with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, Mike McDaniel, I, he's not going to come out and say Teddy Bridgewater is bad. I mean, this is a guy the team signed. They went out and, and are paying him pretty well. I'm interested to see how different the offense looks. I'm, I don't think it's going to be that Brian Flores, like play defensively and let your defense do all the work. I, I think Teddy's got a shot here to make some things happen. Uh, but I think the biggest theme of this season is so far is just how Mike McDaniel operates. And this is going to be a completely new chapter that we haven't witnessed yet.
1: Yeah. we talked about the beginning of the season, you know, what's he going to do when they battle a little bit of adversity, you know, we saw him rise to the occasion against the Ravens, um, you know, epic, epically same with, I guess the Buffalo bills, right? I mean, how is he going to build this offense around Teddy Bridgewater, who again has a lot of the similar skill sets and attributes as to a time low. He just might not, you know, the accuracy might not be as good, but he also has that, you know, that rocket arm that so many fans, I mean, I've seen people say, you know, Teddy can now make throws at Tua can. That's absolutely crazy to me. I mean, I think Teddy has the longest pass of the season. Was it 61 air yards? I believe something like that, but you know, to he still had that bomb in that Buffalo game. So I want to see the way this thing adapts. And the whole reason I continue to call this as a revenge game is because as many, maybe forget Teddy Bridgewater has bounced around throughout his seven years, but he did end up with the New York jets. And he credited them as, you know, the reason that he kind of rejuvenated his career. He said, I look at, it as they helped save my career, it was almost like a tryout basis. They helped me get back to my old self. Then they traded me. I wasn't mad. I understood the nature of the business. Um, jake uh, teddy bridgewater i mean you could do a lot worse as a backup quarterback right i mean mike mcdaniel has said all, all season long he was there playing at backup quarterback now let's see the way he can jump in there you know the same way the niners have had to go through what like mullins and batard or what i can't beat hard is that how you say it i always uh um, bethard, always... bethard i think cj bethard i think <laughs> i just said beat hard <laughs> we are ki- we are keeping that in here so it's yeah Friday, baby <laughs> yeah you know what i mean next man up mentality but i cannot believe i just said beat hard
2: Oh man, so Teddy came into the game last week, he threw 193 yards at 8.4 yards per attempt, and Josh, if you want a stat to stick in everyone's face, shove it all the way up their nose so they have to smell it forever, that throw to Tyree Kill was the longest distanced ball in the air that Tyree Kill has ever caught. That 60-yard rifle, Whoa. that's longer than any pass that Patrick Mahomes ever threw. Of course, it's important to keep in mind, this is air yards. Obviously, Tyree Kill could take a screen yard and go 99 yards to the house. But strictly air yards, that was the longest throw that Tyree Kill caught. And just to kind of keep the positive vibes going, uh, Tyree Kill caught a ball from Tua in week two from against Baltimore. Uh, it is Tyree Kill's fifth longest reception. So Tyree Kill's been in Miami for what? four weeks, and two of his top five longest receptions came this year. So that's been very exciting to see. I That goes back to the point I made, man. I'm very interested to see how Mc, Mike McDaniel makes this offense work. Is it going to be as simple as we're going to watch the game? I don't know. Mirrored? Is that, that's the right way, right? Where it's just Tua looking right-handed? I think that's possible. Uh, Teddy as a starter, 33 and 30. But, man, this is the stat that really got me going. He is 42 and 21 against the spread. That is the best mark of any QB with at least 40 starts in the Super Bowl era era per ESPN sports and info. Also Joshua 24 and six against the spread on the road in his career. The dolphins aren't going to lose this game, right? With those stats, boom, just send it in.
1: Yeah. Send it in. I mean, uh, inject those into my veins. I don't know how much meaning they have heading into this game, but they sound good to me, dude. I'm all for that. Um, The Dolphins, uh, we're not going to come on here. We're not going to root again. You know, we're not going to say they're going to lose. we mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. He's thrown for over nearly 15,000 yards his career, 72 touchdowns, 44 interceptions. Um, he, you know, he is kind of, you could see it last week. I don't want to say safe with the football, but you know, he seems a little bit hesitant at times. And maybe mm-hmm. that was just, you know, just being thrust into action. But I think a lot of us forget, you know, he went came in when Drew Brees went down. Right. And, you know, we all sit yeah. here and make the comparison that Drew Brees is to the time. So he went five and zero with the saints, you know, they had Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Trey Quan Smith, Josh Hill. So why can't he come in here with what he's calling, you know, a better, you know, more firepower offensively. He had said, there are so many weapons on this team. I honestly feel like this is the most firepower I've ever been around. The combination of talent, the guy's skill set, it wows me every day. I mentioned the Saints, but he also then went to the Panthers and went 4-11 and, and the Broncos 7-7, seven and seven, which I told you before we got on, when I, uh, you know, beginning of the year, when I was looking at some Melvin Ingram tape, i saw teddy bridgewater you know some of that stuff that he did at denver and i just thought man is this just uh jacoby brissett all over again so hopefully um that's not the case and we see more of that five and zero, you know drew Brees backup that we saw back in 2019
2: you wonder if that's play calling too because i mean jacoby brissett was throwing screen passes to Jalen waddle in his own end zone that's just how like <laughs> yeah. wannabe safe that brian flores team was so i, I think we flores was even calling like...
1: plays i think right <laughs>
2: Exactly, exactly. Um, And he's going to go against the Jets defense that allowed 204 passing yards last week and picked off Trubisky and Kenny Pickett four times i i'm gonna go ahead and say teddy bridgewater is a little better than both of those guys combined at least at the moment and josh miami's offensive line i, I think we got to start giving them a couple flowers uh they allowed just one sack last week on 38 dropbacks. the jets a little bit of pressure against the steelers with three sacks and this is a team that the dolphins are gonna be facing robert solo good friends with mike mcdaniel that defense pressures at about 29 percent of the time and blitzes roughly seven percent of the time so josh it's A defense that's going to chase you around a little bit, but it's going to do so in a zone scheme. They don't play a lot of man coverage, and that's really where this chess match begins.
1: Yeah, I do think it's interesting that these guys have a history together. You know, they kind of came up through the ranks together. So, I mean, if there's any two coaches that may know each other best, you know, it might be them, you know, battling back and forth. So um, you love the way that this AFC rivalry is kind of getting boosted up a notch. I like that Mike McDaniel said, I'm viewing this as no different than any other game. You know, I told the players that and, um, you know, they're expected to go out there and win. You mentioned. We mentioned Teddy Bridgewater in this offense, Jake. I mean, a lot of that's going to go through Tyree Kill, who you mentioned earlier, just has been putting up insane numbers. I do have to throw this out there. Uh, Salvin Ahmed, Teron Armstead, Keon Cross, and Tyree Kill, Xavier Howard, Robert Jones, Jalen Waddell, all listed as questionable for Sunday. That's the final uh, report that came out. But Tyree Kill, man, again, this was a guy who was not even on the injury report, what, two days ago, came in. Quad injury. What are your thoughts heading in this game? Because if the Dolphins want to win this, let's be honest, they need Jalen Waddle at full strength. They need a Tyree Kill going out there because uh, that New York Jets secondary is pretty damn
2: good. Yeah, it was kind of cool to see Xavier Howard return to practice on some sort of a limited base. Um the Queasley meters at absolute zero. Um, I'm full Don Shula wearing glasses and a big puffy coat, just looking like a badass on the sidelines, uh, with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I think those guys are gonna be fine. I think they're gonna play well. Uh I think it's, you know, anytime there's some sort of injury, I think they're going to put it on the injury report. And we saw that, man, you just listed off like 15, 20 names there. And Jake, we mentioned Sauce Gardner, fourth overall pick, an absolute
1: stud. I mean, he came out and basically said, uh, he was asked about, you know, Tyreek Hill's speed, the matchup. I went against guys that are fast, like Jamison Williams of Alabama. He was fast. I ain't saying he's Tyreek Hill fast, but I got certain things I like to do so I can handle guys like that. And um, you also have written down here, Daniel Jeremiah, Sauce Reed as his top rookie. I... Mistakenly posted a picture of burnt sauce on the bottom of a pan, and ever since this, now Tyreek Hill's on the. Um, <laughs> he came up on the injury report, so I might take some blame for that. But tell me what your thoughts heading into this, because right now Tyreek Hill is putting up insane numbers. Sauce Gardner is a stud, but he's still a rookie, man. Right? I think they have what? Who's the other guy opposite of him? Is it uh, BJ BJ Reed. Reed, Yeah, and exactly he's actually having a good year too. And he's also young, correct? I might be mistaken. But, I mean, they're going against some guys that are just, you know, have put corners in blenders. So give me your thoughts on that marquee matchup that I guess um, I jokingly put. This reminds me of the Darrell Revis and Brandon Marshall, you know, back and forth. Maybe that's is the new rivalry
2: here. That would really be something so far, Sauce Gardner. Um, he's talking a little more confident confident than he's been on the field he has 150 yards allowed in a qb rating against of about 100 that to me is an exciting matchup i'm very interested in seeing i think tyree kill he had a good game against the Bengals, but i think he's due for a a statement game like we saw against Baltimore, especially just with how confident he's been he knows he's one of the leaders uh you have that contract i I think he's gonna come out and and really shine he's averaging josh i'm i've said this in like three stories i've said it in like two podcasts keep saying it not only does Tyreek Hill lead the league with 477 receiving yards, that's more the than the entire Chicago Bears roster. And to me, man, that's still just impressive as all hell. Uh, he's averaging 15.4 yards per reception, and he's the focal point of this Miami Dolphins offense, Josh. I do not think this Jets team is going to try to isolate any type of situation. DJ Reed, the opposite cornerback, he's actually been pretty dominant this year as an interception. Two broken up passes and a 41.1 QB rate against. So, man, if Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill are healthy, the Jets, they play that zone defense. You look at some of the games they've played, you know, they give up uh, 30 points to the Browns. They did win that game, 27 points to the Bengals. And even, you know, that Steelers team that's, I don't know, a bunch of mega blocks trying to be stuck together, uh, they they scored 20 points. So, to me, I think this defense, if the offensive line can kind of just hold up long enough for uh, Teddy to uh see a read, be a little concerned about the read, pump fake, and then throw the ball, I think Miami should be able to keep the ball moving pretty well.
1: Yeah, Jake, and one thing we got to mention, you, mean, you have Jalen Waddell, Tyree Kale, Cedric Wilson's now a full goal. I think Tanner Conner may have even showed up as a full go. Nice so those notice. Some, yeah, so those are some different pieces. I mean, we know that Cedric Wilson was signed before the Tyree Kill thing, but he has been that big-bodied slot guy that we kind of, um, you know, you kind of need in this offense. So I'm excited to see what he can do instead of, you know, I'm not saying Trent Sherfield's bad. River Craycraft has put up some numbers, but – Cedric Wilson again at least you thought this offseason he was going to be that big free agent acquisition that was going to come in and help things speaking of helping things though man the Dolphins run game has been absolutely atrocious I think I saw a Mm -hmm. number I'm sorry I take that back it has not been atrocious you know we saw some nice things at the end of last week's game you know from Raheem Mostert, we seen Chase Edmonds make some plays but I saw that they are 32nd in the league in calling run plays I think they only called 80 run plays all season long. So Mike McDaniel said, you know, some of that falls with him. Um, Obviously some of it's with the offensive line, the game dictates things, but um, to make Teddy Bridgewater's life a lot easier. I mean, if they come out and establish that run with Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, you know, maybe even get Ingold involved a little bit. I mean, that would go a long way in this game and um, you know, give Miami those building blocks to eventually beat the New York jets, you know, in a week where all these injuries have come about.
2: And that's kind of the key that we've been waiting for. I joke that we've been kind of catfished by this Dolphins rushing attack because I think everything they do looks real pretty. It's just there's no results. Uh, they're averaging less than two rushes that go ten yards or more. Uh, we're gonna do this every week, Josh. It's gonna be our, our game. I mean, it's been the Dolphins game for years. But but who's the guy this week? Who do you think uh, fits into this matchup more? Because it seems like you know Raheem Mostert's kind of been the twenty to twenty guy, and Chase Edmonds is your goal line back. As weird as that sounds.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I think uh, maybe Chase Edmonds, I don't want to say he's going to be in the doghouse after that drop, but that that was a game-changing drop he had last week, we've got to be honest. But 15 carries, 69 yards for Raheem Mostert. I think he saw his snap count go up to like 72%. I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert, so obviously Chase Edmonds will have the big day.
2: Uh, what are you thinking? I'm going to – I'll stick with you just so I can keep uh, Chase Edmonds starting in my fantasy lineup, and he'll catch a touchdown. But to me, I mean, man, it's – it's not going to last like this forever. I mean, we can joke that, you know, Miami's hired a rush game coordinator to come here and and run the offense. And all of a sudden they are averaging 8.8 yards per pass play, the second highest mark in the entire league. Uh, I do think that number is going to maybe sink a little bit with uh, Teddy, but you hope that the more rushing attempts, obviously you get out of the basement there. You start to break away some more big plays where you don't have to throw the football. Uh, Josh, I did just mention 8.8 yards per passing play gut check where's miami's passing game going to be about that this week are they going to be right around that 8.8 is it going to be a little lower how you feeling?
1: i was gonna say more is that crazy <laughs> i was gonna go with more shoot you're going the matt Moore. yeah matt Moore. um legend i think he was the one that won that game when pretty got uh, when bryce petty got absolutely sandwiched
2: in half but um yeah i'll go with more what are you thinking Ooh, i kind of want to say more man i'm really i think this is the first time too that they're matching up against a team that plays so much zone defense i mean. Bills, they were really banged up, but it was still man coverage. The Bengals, um uh, actually I can't really I, I don't have the numbers for the Bengals in front of me. But Baltimore, you don't get those many huge touchdowns without playing zone defense. But Josh, you have any final thoughts on uh Miami's offense versus just defense before we uh flip the script a little bit? Yeah, last thing before we head into a break. What
1: are your thoughts on maybe Mike Gasicki getting more involved? I mean, I know it's kinda cliche, but when a quarterbacks in there, you know, maybe a younger quarterback, a veteran, someone to rely on. Do you think maybe Mike Gasicki steps up and makes some plays this week with a Teddy Bridgewater? Or do you think again, I think even Hunter Long, I think Hunter Long might be activated. Well, I don't know if he's activated, but Hunter Long might be good to go too. So I guess instead of Gasicki, do you see the tight ends playing more of a role this week than maybe what we've seen in the first four weeks of the season?
2: You have to imagine that he will not for the sake of his role has been so small that it's has to be bigger, Uh, but you know, quarterback's best friend is the tight end. I could see Teddy really relying on that. I mean, you see the catches that Mike can make. I think he's a very nice safety blanket to have. And two, I mean, if you want to be a little saucy uh, tight ends are always all alone in the end zone. So if you want to be a little out there and and bet on Mike is to score a touchdown, I think he can be that zone breaker that uh, the Miami dolphins might need outside of, you know, Helping Jalen Waddell and, and Tyree Kill targets. I agree,
1: Jake. Let's head into a break, and when we come back, let's talk about what the Miami Dolphins' defense needs to do to shut down Zach Wilson and that high-octane New York Jets offense.
2: You couldn't even say that without laughing.
0: This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay.
1: Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Just go to Frito-Lay snack No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends four, three, 2023 void or prohibitive. Here's where the snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chess. See official rules at Frito-Lay
2: So instead of talking about Miami's defense by referencing Jason Taylor in a Jets jersey, like someone else was going to do Josh Zach Wilson returned to the starting lineup last week. And the key, The key is that Wilson went two for 12 for 38 yards and two interceptions when pressured. Josh, Miami's pass rush hasn't gotten home one sack last week, but it hasn't been terrible. How do they change that up and make the numbers kind of balloon a little bit against the Jets?
1: Well, I've written down here. The first way to do that is, I don't know if you saw, man, but Jalen Phillips played inside a little bit last week, and he was just absolutely destroying guards. So, you know, you see Jalen Phillips lined up in a a tech stance, and then you got Melvin Ingram coming around him and just some of those other things. I mean, that would be the way I'd start this. But in all seriousness, man, I think they got to bring more of that, the blitzing, you know, the aggressiveness that we saw early on from Josh Boyers. I guess Mike McDaniel was asked, you know, what he thinks this offense might look like on Sunday. And he kind of joked, you know, they're going to go stick with whatever works. I mean, we talked about how they have a decent run game. I think the Dolphins can shut that down. And then at that point, you know, again, we hope Zach Wilson just standing back there, um, you know, a dead duck just waiting to be engulfed by this Dolphins pass rush, who you mentioned has not gotten home. I think they had four sacks, was it? Uh, the Buffalo game. Did they have four sacks? I think maybe so you mentioned they only had one sack last week. I want to see Emmanuel, but you know, Christian Wilkins up front, Jalen Phillips, some more Melvin Ingram, Trey Flowers, let them rear their head back. And then let's even bring uh, Brandon Jones, right? And Javon Hahn, let's get them more involved again, like we saw early on. So attack, attack, attack. That would be the way I'd approach this, but I'm not a defense coordinator. I mean, as you heard, I have two kids just playing with uh, Ariel and little mermaids behind me. So um, Jake, what are your thoughts on that Dolphins front seven who again has been very good against the run but just hasn't gotten home at the quarterback
2: yeah and we got to give Josh Boyer a little bit of credit here I mean as defensive coordinator of this group for two three straight years uh, they really struggled against the run last year and that hasn't been the case so I'm not really concerned about Michael Carter or even Brees Hall really eating you alive on the ground but Brees Hall through the passing game especially if you can isolate him on someone like Landon Roberts who if I had to guess is might be the weakest link on this defense don't let him know i said that because he'll tackle me through another guy probably through a screen too uh but to me josh you think about it uh if you're pressuring they're gonna go to Brees hall breeze hall gets about 20 percent of the target share but wilson's favorite target last week was Corey davis who had five receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown and you know we joke about the jets being low octane high octane i mean Elijah Moore absolutely torched us last year. Rookie Garrett Wilson has had his moments. He has 10 targets inside the 10-yard line, Josh. That's something to keep in mind with Wilson. Um, That's tied with Devontae Adams for the most in the league. So Wilson wasn't a huge factor last week with the other Wilson, Zach Wilson. But I'm interested to see how Miami can keep up with this group because, I mean, I still have nightmares about Elijah Moore. You don't want to get toasted by a rookie. And at Corey Davis just seems like one of those consistent guys. He can block, he's going to catch the ball, and he's going to keep the sticks moving.
1: Yeah, and we can't, uh, you know, we have to discuss, I think they're getting Dwayne Brown back right on the offensive line, so that should yep. help some things there. Um, But I think what's most alarming is you mentioned some of those players, they have mm-hmm. a Corey Davis, a Garrett Wilson. And Elijah Moore, and I think what's most worrying is that, you know, right now the Dolphins secondary is absolutely banged up. I mean, Byron Jones isn't coming back as we can expect. Xavier Howard, we all have that image in our head of him with the, his quads wrapped up, right? And I mean, like you mentioned. <laughs> Looking he, like
2: the Michelin man.
1: <laughs> down. Oh, man, are you the, the, the boogie kid from uh, mm-hmm. Little Giants. Yes, yes. So with Xavier Howard, you know, banged up, uh, questionable. I love what we see out of Darth Cater. I mean, we can sit here and list off. I think he's, what, a, a PFF top 10 graded cornerback also the highest graded rookie defender. I mean, he's playing well, but with Xavier Howard potentially banged up already, Keon Crossing's banged up. You're then asking Nick Needham to, you know, take on a larger role play on the outside, something that I don't want to say he struggled with a little bit this year, but he has, and then maybe even Noah Igbenogany, right? I mean, that would be an absolute worst case scenario. So um, lots of speed, lots of playmakers in that New York Jets offense. And with a banged up Miami Dolphins secondary, that's what I think concerns me most.
2: All right, man, here I go. I'm going to give you the Noah Ibn spin zone. Buckle up. So we spoke in our book club about the way that Ibn can make his way into being a relevant, you know, rotational player starter, even hopefully someday in the NFL is you just got to take advantage of opportunities, right? You know, you're not going to get out there all the time when you have guys like Byron Jones, Xavier Howard in front of you. But this scenario, you look at that receiver group, Josh, and, and there are some studs there. There are some talented players like Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, guys that can really dictate a game. However, what Zach Wilson looked like he struggled with in week one, and I think this has kind of been the same, you know, since he's been in the league, is it's the short and intermediate stuff. It's the like opposite of Tua, right? I think he really struggles on just kind of taking what's easy. Uh where Wilson will beat you, it's when he can kind of, you know, sit in the pocket for a couple seconds, find the right read, and and let it rip. He's got a very very strong arm. Josh, if Miami can pressure Zach Wilson and force him to throw the ball in the short and intermediate range, all it takes is one bo- Noah Igbinoghi to have his head up on one play to return a ball on a blitz for a pick six, and all of a sudden our tone is completely changed. How's that? I love it. We'll be giving away
1: a Noeg Benogany
2: jersey, just like we did. A- <laughs> if he does a, if he has a pick
1: six, we're giving someone an Ig
2: Benogany jersey. That's a deal.
1: And I guess one thing that, you know, we can feel a little bit better about is the Dolphins secondary, you know, they do have Javon Holland, they do have Brandon Jones. I don't know about you, man, but we've seen Eric Rowe, you know, yes. making some plays. I think, I guess what I thought you were going to say about no egg all taken as one person. I thought you were going to mention, Oh, take, you know, with Zach Wilson, those intermediate and short passes is, you know, making the tackle because again, that's one of the most frustrating things from this Dol- Dolphins defenses Great are tackling, point, yeah. but, um, I just hope knock on wood. You know, a lot of these guys that are questionable. A lot of these guys that are banged up can play on Sunday, make it through the game healthy. And you know, we can look forward to that Minnesota Vikings game. Um, Jake, before we wrap up the podcast though, we have to do it. We put Merrick on the spot. Give me your predictions for this one, because um, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling Don Shula, Joe Philbin, you know, queasy. Like, like you said, I definitely have to make that meter, but what are your thoughts heading into this week? I think the dolphins are three and a half point favorites. The overrunners at 46. What are your predictions?
2: I was maybe a little nervous, you know, a divisional game, Miami needs to kind of change the tone. They need a palate cleanser, but those Teddy Bridgewater stats, man, those impressed the living hell out of me 42 and 21 against the spread 42, 24 and six against the spread on the road. I'm very, very intrigued to see what a former, uh, kid who grew up in Miami can do as the starting quarterback for this team. I don't think the offense is going to miss too much of a beat i'm hoping that that defense may be a defensive touchdown i would love to see man 27 10 keep it clean keep it simple get the run game going and we're on to minnesota that's in a perfect world how about yourself
1: yeah i was kind of feeling kind of around the same thing i was gonna say 27 17 and i was gonna joke man this kind of kicks off if Tua for some reason can well i I shouldn't if Tua can't play next week, you know, that would then again be Teddy Bridgewater against a former team in the Minnesota Vikings. So, um, yeah, man, revenge I'm excited. Tour. Yeah, revenge tour. So, we should make sure it's right? It'll just have the two games <laughs> on the back with his stats, but... <laughs> and just um, a
2: big teddy bear on the front. The big just Angry, uh, mad-looking teddy bear or something. I don't know. We're, we're, we're in progress.
1: No, I love it, but I mean, let's be honest, man. I, I, in Teddy, we trust, right? You know, it sucks that Tua's not going to be out there. We kind of said, I know I did, admittedly, said some mean things about um Teddy and how I didn't want to watch him play. I am fully supportive of him. I'm excited to see what what he can do like you mentioned a miami kid like he mentioned the most firepower he's ever been around mike mcdaniel you know utilizing this team's strengths and again a jets team that i called them high octane but then i joked that they are absolutely low octane so um 27 17 dolphins win four and one and then we got the minnesota vikings i think the steelers are after that throwbacks i mean dude the schedule gets a little bit easier and if we were heading into that part of the schedule four and one dude we're living the dream
2: J E T S sucks, sucks, sucks. Thank you so much, everyone for joining us. It's been a blast this week to kind of just knock around the jets a little bit. Thank you again to Merrick for joining us earlier in the week. It's always a blast to talk to him as well. Guys, you made it. It's the weekend. It's a long weekend. Thank you so much for letting us be part of it for Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh show. We cannot wait to be back on Monday talking about please God let the Miami Dolphins win, but until then have a lot of fun out there. And most importantly, Fins up.